0: Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to this Bible News Radio Memo. I am Stacy Lynn, as you guys know. Wanna thank you for tuning in to this memo episode. I'm now calling these shorter episodes a memo, because you know, hey, here's the memo. Did you get the memo? Yeah, that's where that came from. So I hope you I hope you like that. Today what I want to mention, what I want to talk about, is an article that is over on Christianity today and it's an interesting article i'm not going to read the whole thing but i'm going to read part of it it's titled one easy trick to see if you're reading the bible right and then the subtitle is i knew scripture was inerrant and inspired but didn't let it move me to devotion and it's written by adam stevenson so i this caught my attention because i thought hmm i wonder what I wonder what they're going to say about, you know, us reading the Bible right. Here's the thing. First of all, you got to be reading the Bible. So few Christians actually do, so this caught my attention. How would this guy know because so few Christians actually read their Bible? Well, this is what it begins to say. It says here, Augustine said there's a way you can check or double-check whether you understand the Bible. If you read it right, he said, it would produce a double love of God and of neighbor." And just so you know, I don't agree with that. Right off, I don't agree with it. <laughs> um, that's Augustine's opinion. Uh, there's nowhere in God's word that actually says that. So he's, he has a right to his opinion, um, but it's it's just an opinion. This is not fact. It's not gospel. Um, I think a lot of people can read God's word right, but they might not have a double love of God or of neighbor. Um, But let's go on and and continue to read this. It says, in fact, whoever finds a lesson there useful to the building of charity, Augustine wrote, even though he has not said what the author may be shown to have intended in that place, has not been deceived, nor is he lying in any way. The author says, I read these words from On Christian Doctrine in the fall of 2008, and I knew that I had a problem. I'd spent the previous two years in the biblical exegesis program at Wheaton College Graduate School, and I was not confident that all my training in Hebrew, Greek, and exegesis had fostered that double love in me. I understood the importance of Scripture. I knew it was inspired. But had I let it affect me the way that it should... I didn't think the problem was my Greek or Hebrew. I knew it wasn't the scriptures themselves. I suspected it was my theology. I was taught all the verses explaining how scripture is inerrant, infallible, inspired, and sharper than any two-edged sword. But these words seemed sterile and static when describing the book I knew was different than all other books. The facts of biblical inspiration were solid enough, but I didn't have a dynamic social imaginary to animate my Christian life towards study and devotion. Augustine was right. I should love God and my neighbor more after reading scripture. So what might this look like? Was there a biblical paradigm and not just proof texts that could help me? I found a way forward. In John chapter five, in John five one to eighteen, Jesus heals a man at Bethsaida who was sick for thirty-eight years. It was on the Sabbath, which created controversy. Jesus responded with testimony about who he really is. He didn't testify about himself, since if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. John five thirty-one. Instead, as required by Deuteronomy nineteen fifteen, he called witnesses. First, there's John the Baptist, who is, quote, another who bears witness to me, John 5.33. Second, the works which the Father has granted me to accomplish, ellipsis, bear me witness that the Father has sent me, John 5.36. Third, Jesus said the Father who has sent me has himself borne witness to me, John 5.37. Finally, Jesus said the scriptures themselves point to him. Here, I think Jesus offers an important adjustment to my view, and I think the standard evangelical view of what it means to get the scriptures right. He says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Ellipsis. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. John 5, 39 and 46. It is not enough to just say that scripture is inherent, We should understand its purpose and ultimate referent. Jesus is saying in this text that his contemporaries could not understand his ministry because they misunderstood the referential nature of scripture. It is about him. Moses and all the prophets wrote about him. In the same way, we misunderstand the scripture if we miss that it is testifying to the Christ who came, died, and rose again. We are just as prone to to misunderstanding the purpose of the scriptures as people were in the first century, maybe more so. We need to recover the witness of the Bible. Any use of scripture that doesn't comport with this testimonial purpose of scripture will be insufficient because it will stop short of scripture's own purpose. Recovering this theology of scripture as witness to Christ could change our Christian lives in two ways. First, It could remind us that we love the Bible because we love Jesus and encourage us to plunge ourselves back into Scripture. And then he goes on and he talks a little bit more about that. Um, And then the second thing he says, we might follow in the footsteps of John the Baptist, who faithfully bore witness to Christ, as Jesus said in John 5.33. So this is very interesting to me because... It is a passage um, that tells us a man's opinion. And then the guy writing the article reads into John chapter 5 what he wants to see. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, yeah. But let's just go back to the title of the article. One easy trick to see if you're reading the Bible right. I would say that it goes back to the issue, and of course I'm giving you my opinion, so you can take it for what it's worth. But I would say there's a couple of things. Number one, do you have the Holy Spirit residing within you? Because if you're somebody who reads the Bible and you're not born again, you're not going to be reading the Bible right. Number one. So you have to be born again. Number two, reading the Bible in light of the current culture in which it was written, in other words, from the Jewish perspective. If you understand the Word of God written from a Messianic Jewish perspective, or the, the perspective in which it was penned originally in that original context, then you're going to have a greater understanding of what the Scripture is talking about. And thirdly, then it's the application. I don't think, and I, and I think that's where the problem is. This morning I was in a group that was a Christian meeting and I was sitting there and there was a, um, the topic of Bible memorization came up and somebody had asked me what, what I did and I said, well, I was memorizing Psalm 119. And I am, and I, and it's something that has been a challenge for me. Um, I started in January or February, and it took me about two to three months to memorize one stanza, which is eight verses. But here it is, July 19th at the time of this recording, and now I have the first 40 verses memorized of Psalm 119, and I'm working on the next eight. And the man that heard me share that made the following comment to me. He said, well, that's good for you. <laughs> and I have to tell you that I was irritated when I heard that. I was irritated because I thought, what kind of response is that? And I said, really? No, it's it's cool. You know, it's not easy. It takes some work to do it. And then, of course, he said that he had a bad memory and he couldn't memorize anything and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't come back with my with this response, but I'm sure if I had, he might have thought about it, and and that response is, if I gave you $100 to memorize it, would you? Most people would stop and go, huh, if Stacy gave me a hundred bucks to memorize eight verses of scripture, would I do it? Most people are gonna consider it because they want the money. That's the final outcome that they're looking for. They're broke, or maybe they just like money. So they're motivated by money. They're not motivated by a love for God Himself. And I think, even though Augustine said something that sounds good, you know, that one would have a double love of God and of neighbor by reading the Word of God, and I think that sounds fine. I think the greater thing here is that is that we have to apply what we learn. And that's the missing thing. We can be told all day long, read the Bible, we can read the Bible and it, it cannot change us because we're not changing. It could be that we're not born again in the first place. It could be that we don't understand the context. We need somebody to explain it to us. Or it could just be, frankly, that we're just lazy and we don't want to take the time to invest, to take the time to study, to show ourselves approved. We don't want to take the time to memorize it because it takes time. And we got too many other things to do. We got to watch TV. We got to follow the politics. We got to play our video games. We have to go to the movies. We have to go eat out. We have to fill in the blank. And so today, I just want to encourage you with a couple of things. I want to encourage you to know that the time that you invest spending in God's word is time that is going to bear out for all eternity. If you're, if you're hiding God's Word, if you're spending time in the Word of God, these are eternal words. This is God's Word. His Word will never, ever expire. It will never end. It will be forever and ever and ever. And I don't know about you, but I can tell you honestly that my life has changed since I decided to put God's Word first. I don't worship God's Bible. But I love it. I love it more every day because I know the power of it in my heart and in my mind and when I meditate on it. You know, in fact, the verse today that I am memorizing in Psalm 119 says this. It says, May your loving kindnesses, O Lord. No, actually, no, that's not what it says. See, may your loving kindnesses come to me, O Lord. Your salvation, according to your word. And I drew a picture of a stick man with some hearts coming towards me. And then a picture of the cross to represent salvation and a little picture of a Bible to represent his word. And I memorized that verse. And I've been thinking about it. May God's loving kindnesses come to me, O Lord. Your salvation, according to your word. That's what God gives us. Meditate on His Word. Focus on the Word. And by doing that, God will change your heart. And you will have a greater love for Him and other people. But the first part is you have to slow down. And you have to commit to taking the time to read the Word and memorizing the Word. I'm going to link here in the show description a link to my video. Uh, that I just quoted that scripture so you can see how I, I took six minutes to go through how to memorize that. I want you to click that that link. It goes to Vimeo. Open right up watch it and then send me an email or leave a comment wherever you're listening to this and let me know if it helped you to memorize the word. I'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget you can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and if you like our show and you want to support our work, feel free to donate to our nonprofit Heart HeartTug International. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you again soon.